Blue-White Illustrated here at field level after the Blue-White game. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Uh, Sean Fitz, Nate Bauer with me, and we are breaking down what happened during the blue-white game, some final observations, putting a bow on spring 2023. We're actually finally here, gentlemen, the end of the spring. And the number one thing everyone wanted to know about, everyone was w thinking and wondering and questioning us about were the quarterbacks. So after today's performance, aside from don't take too much from this, what did you take away from the quarterback performance? Fitz, what do you think? I think... Uh protected the ball for the most part and that's really what you're looking for with a young quarterback or two young quarterbacks in Aller and Bo Prabula. one turnover I think on the second to last or the second to last drive of the game so protected the ball pretty well you showed that there's a long way to go they got West Virginia in a few months they have a lot to work on Drew I think gives you a little bit more confidence with what he can do physically we saw some of that the sidearm throw at the end of the game was pretty sick uh, there was a lot of a lot to like from there um, the, the numbers aren't going to look tremendous especially on Perbula he was under a lot of pressure all day it happens so you saw enough good things where you still feel okay about Penn State's quarterback situation going in the offseason uh, they're going to have to continue to get better continue to learn the game get the uh, pre-snap reads down which which is what we've talked about with Sean Clifford for so long, a uh, very important part of that game. But, you know, you come away encouraged. It, it, it wasn't the coming out, throwing five touchdowns or anything like that, but they also protected the football, did a pretty good job. Yeah, and James Franklin talked about building competition and how the the two teams were meant to do kind of what you just said, of, of not just make it easy to come out and throw five touchdowns. Um, what was your, your kind of view of everything that happened today, Nate? Uh, if, if the story of today is that Penn State is stacked at defensive end, then that plays directly into, I think, in some ways, why the quarterbacks performed the way that they did, right? Is you saw Bo running around and making some plays, uh, wasn't able to really take off with his legs, but that, that's okay. Uh, Drew Aller had a couple of carries himself, but was under pressure most of the game as well. So uh, is it a... Let's get carried away with this and say, oh, you know, right, uh, Drew Allard, does he need to be a little bit more consistent? Probably. I think that's probably yeah. fair. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, he was playing with a right and left tackle that won't be the same necessarily yeah. when they get into the season. So it's just, look, you, you don't want to read too much into these things, but it's, it's, a, it's a jumping off point. It's a jumping off point for this team, for this offense, and some of the things that James Franklin said in the postgame, I think, are the only thing that are relevant right now, which is they need to throw a million passes this offseason, like actually a million. <laughs> and if they do that, then they will develop the type of rapport uh, that would be necessary to get to the place where they want to this fall. They also need Tommy John surgery if you're throwing a million passes between now and the start of West Virginia. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I thought that when they weren't under pressure, both guys showed some pretty good uh, sharp execution at times. Bo Prabula, the way he operates, it's usually a pretty quick decision. And, uh, you know, some of the, I, I'm thinking of the screen pass that he threw, I think it was to Catron Allen. Really pretty ball under pressure. So some good things to take away, but I agree. I think, you know, the, the consistency was clearly the issue for both guys with the pass rush in their face. But we'll get to that in just a second. The story of this spring, and I think we can even separate it from defensive tackle, is the receiver situation. James Franklin said, and I don't know if he meant this as kind of a hint to Dante Cephas, but they would even add another player here post-spring in the transfer portal. So Fitz, I'm coming back to you over there. Um, the, the receiver position and what you saw from the guys today, what was your assessment of where they were? Given how much we've talked about this this spring, I would say this group exceeded expectations today, and that's 
kind of interesting because, you know, the numbers weren't great, whatever. But they played a lot without Keandre Lambert-Smith and Trey Wallace. They did that for a reason to get some of those younger guys uh, some reps in there. And those younger guys, Amari Evans, Caden Saunders, kind of made the most of what was out there. Malik McLean had a couple of catches. Anthony Ivey had some. So you're bringing those guys along at a different speed. You need them to be with Keandre Lambert-Smith, with Trey Wallace, and, and, and find a, a solid number three before Dante Cephas gets here next month. But I thought they responded pretty well, given all the criticism. And, and it's been outward criticism, not just from our reporting, but like from James Franklin has been pretty well. That's uh, been the standard is he's been talking about those two receivers and then the big gap between everybody else. So I, I think that they responded well. All the questions are not going to go away because of the way that they played. But at the same time, it showed you that there was a little bit something there in the receiver room. Ton to work on, just like with quarterbacks, a ton to work on between now and West Virginia. But they they were okay, and that's fine. You've got young players in there. Tyler Johnson made a good catch at the end of the first half. So you've got something to work with, and you're trying to figure out whether or not that room is going to take you to the top of the Big Ten. Right now it's not, but they've got time to work on that. Yeah, I, I would just add to it that in some ways, I think today he moved the goalposts a little bit with that room right. in, in, a, in a good way. If you're, if you're Penn State, look, the, the James Franklin is talking like a guy who knows this is a program with talent all over the place. It's just a matter of wrangling it and getting it to be consistent and being able to perform at that level as frequently as possible in games against opponents that aren't themselves, right? <laughs> He changed it, the, the goalpost today to from we need a third receiver to we need six receivers, right? right. We need and, and feeling as though they have those six receivers in the room, it's just about squeezing all the juice out of those guys that they possibly can and how important it is for this summer, that group to work together with Drew Aller, with Bo Perbula, et cetera, to, to, to be able to form that foundation for next season. But the bottom line remains – if they are going to achieve the things that they want to achieve as a program next season, it's going to demand more than just Keandre Lambert-Smith having an 80-yard touchdown every other game. Right. <laughs> right? Like, they, gotta, they have to be able to, to get that group as a whole to have true competition. And he's saying that it's not true competition right now, that there is nobody really pushing Keandre, that there's nobody – pushing uh, Trey Wallace, that needs to happen. And it's just a matter of those guys at four, five, six, being able to not just compete for number three, but to compete amongst themselves uh, to push everybody up top. Yeah, and it's it's um, interesting that Amari Evans has kind of emerged as that third guy, given um, you know his whole background. And if you want to hear what James Franklin had to say about that, you can check out the James Franklin press conference on the YouTube channel, where he dove into the. He was asked a question about how Amari was a high school quarterback and is now one of the three receivers. Uh, personally, I'm surprised about that, given uh, how quickly he made that transition to play last year and then to be. The the guy that kind of breaks out this spring to be that third receiver. Uh, without going through the entire depth chart and talking about offense, defense, special teams, uh, let's skip ahead and we can talk about the offensive line in context with the way the defensive ends played. And I'm just going to, Sean, deny Dennis Sutton, damn. Yeah, I think I've said that once or twice before. Yeah. Really great spring. Uh, this is a guy that's it, it, it's very important to him, and he puts, puts it out there every play. He did that on Saturday. He was in the backfield pretty much every play on Saturday. 
Uh, a lot to like there. He's going to push Adisa Isaac and Chop Robinson. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a rotation. They feel pretty good about their first three guys. Four and five, Zariah Fisher and Amin Vanover also played well uh, on, on Saturday. They kind of dominated those offensive tackles. Of course, Olu did not play. Coach's decision, they've kind of held him in check all spring for obvious reasons. Uh, but Drew Shelton, Caden Wallace, those guys, uh, they had their hands full with, that de with the defensive ends. Um, it's a good group. Defensive tackle, of course, is the, is the storyline, the, the one that we keep talking about because that needs to work itself out. Keen Beeman didn't play today because I Izzard did not play uh, all spring. So you've got pieces that you think can be productive. It's just about putting that together that uh, that defensive line. They, they seem fine at defensive end. I mean, they seem pretty pretty well uh, pretty well stacked at defensive end. So encouraging what we saw from that. Encouraging what we saw on the second uh, on the second team. I tell you what, this, this group, uh, that white that white defense was pretty good. Like, yeah. from top to bottom, that white defense was very good. This is the longest I've gone talking about the defense without bringing up K.J. Winston. So I'm going to bring up K.J. Winston once again. Uh, number 21 safety receiver – or, excuse me, number 21 safety was all over the field uh, today for the white team. Um, you know, he's going to push. He's going to play. Those four, first four safeties are going to play. We didn't see Jalen Reed today. So Zakee Wheatley was bumped up to the, the blue squad. And K.J. Winston made the most of it. He was all over the place. And then again, Tony Rojas, the freshman linebacker, looks like he can play on this Big Ten field. Uh, he's filled out since he got here. He's fast. He moves. I think he had nine tackles, although the, the, the stats in this game are very, very much unofficial. Uh, but Tony Rojas was, was out and about for that white defense. So that defense is deep. It's talented. Uh, they got a lot of guys that are going to rotate through. And that's something that can help them throughout the schedule is they can take it easy through September, get a lot of guys reps. They did that last year, and it paid off for them in the long run um, as well. So I, I like what the defense brings to the table from top to bottom, starting with those defensive ends and going all the way back to those safeties. So I thought Zane Durant flashed today as well. I thought he did some good things both in run, and that's where I'm interested. I was interested to see where he kind of made that step as a run defender because he was a bit of a pass rushing specialist last year in the third down package. But, Nate, were there any guys that stood out to you that flashed and made some plays or that you were impressed with that uh, when you got to see them in the full context of a scrimmage and not our just couple minutes of practice that, that you thought were pretty good? Uh, Johnny Dixon had a pretty big hit. Not that we don't know what he is or what he brings to the table, but you want to see that again. Yeah. Storm Duck, you, you get to see him in kind of game simulation for the first time at Penn State. Look, uh, it, 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 I'm totally changing the subject here, but if you'll allow me, the, the super interesting thing to me is Penn State's defense is going to be really good. We, we get that. Everybody knows that. There's a reason why James Franklin is talking about the offense. It is he's he's been here before. Penn State has been here before. Uh, if you're going to beat Ohio State, if you're going to beat Michigan, you need to have the ability to put up 40, even if your defense is stacked, right? And so coming out of this spring, it's like that is that is the framework that they have to work with. Is yes, you have a super talented, super good defense that has all the players everybody that we're talking about will be expected to to be extremely good next season we're not talking about abdul carter but like yeah. all all of those players curtis jacobs right uh all of those players will go into a great defense but can that offense catch up because right now it's not there and it's not saying that that's the end of the world that it's not right that right now uh there right now that's to be expected in the spring but that's a that's a big jump that has to be made between today and September 1st. James Franklin mentioned the portal in uh, his closing uh, comments of the spring. 
That's something we're going we're to be monitoring at bluewhiteillustrated.com. A great reason to sign up right now. I don't know when you're watching this video, but you've got a limited amount of time to get the next four months for $10. It's our spring game special. Sign up right now if you're watching this on Saturday. Don't wait because that deal is going to go away very quickly. Uh, but either way, it's a great deal. Bluewhiteillustrated.com. I'm Thomas Frank Carr for Sean Fitz and Nate Bauer. We'll be back with more great coverage of Penn State football.